It was a harrowing start here with a brief underdog outage to Sam, but we are back into the big board again. Another draft here, draft number 13, February 15, 2024. And we're going to talk about the question marks in the draft today. Who are the guys that we really have? Something's lingering. We need to know. Of course, we got on the thumbnail. We have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, likely to get a franchise tag for him. But what does that mean for Jamar Chase? Does it mean uh, another middling year where neither guy gets enough targets? We'll find out. We'll talk about that all. But let's get into the draft room, which is starting in about 10 seconds here oh wrong part of the screen uh, i'm now in my comfortable top right corner and we are picking very comfortably nowhere near the top of the draft not going till pick 12 so we really get to sit back and luxuriate uh thankfully we are far away from pacheco here in the one hole uh, who has sniped us in the past for seemingly no reason i believe he was the one who took matthew stafford unstacked for a correlation with Justin Herbert. Uh, but we persevere here, as always, on Splash Play, no matter who is in a draft room. Just grateful to have a draft going, because I was really worried that I was going to have to uh, either draft on drafters or just stall until Underdog was here. But no, Underdog is back, the so-called platform of the people. And you can also join us on Underdog. Use that promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to 100 bucks on there. And, of course, a mystery pick as well if you're a new customer. Mysterious. The, the pick it puts on a little mask, and it comes up behind you, and it goes, ooh. <laughs> is that mysterious enough? Is that <laughs> not mystery like the pickup artist guy, but uh, it's certainly a kind of mystery. Good timing on Underdog maintenance being resolved. Yes, did you get into this one, LED? I know... Uh, LED was looking to get into it, and I'm not seeing your username, but you might have another name. Uh, but appreciate all the enthusiasm to draft along with me. Of course, if you do want to try to get in a draft, usually doing it one minute before the stream start time of 11 a.m. is going to be a way to do that. And of course, new drafts every Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. is the goal here for this entire offseason. Uh, doing the big board right now, Terminal Underdog, where you have your rookies, you have your free agents, you have everybody who's going to be available theoretically in the player pool next year, and you're competing for $200,000 on top in that one. So that is what I am in. Uh, for today. All right, good. Probably going to hop in tomorrow. Uh, you get your shot. Get one more shot at me at Fridays. Pretty normal draft so far. Thumbnail guy, Jamar Chase, goes to Falcor, so we do not get to live the thumbnail dream today. But Jefferson, Lamb, Chase, flip those guys in any order. Tyreek, honestly, same thing. Do you feel like a little bit of a, a maybe gap between them and Amon Ross St. Brown? Kind of think that Jamison Williams taking a leap upwards or the Lions bringing in somebody uh, to maybe take some target share away. Or Laporta just being better. You know, Maybe sees a little bit more target share for himself. I think those are some things for a Monra where the ceiling you know, is still great enough that I'm happy taking him at seven if he, that's where you got to take him. Uh, but I do think that I have some question marks for him, honestly, and uh, he'd be a guy that I would flag. Uh, two guys, I guess, with question marks, A.J. Brown, some light trade rumors. Kyron Williams, a guy that does feel like he's susceptible to somebody else coming in. Uh, we could try to get DJ Moore with a uh, potential Caleb Williams stack, which might be fun. You know, AJ Brown is good, and you know what? I let's let's just let's, let's do something crazy. Let's go. Both these guys may fall substantially in coming weeks, months, years, but I'm going Nico Collins. I'm going DJ Moore. I think this is a build that really a premium for both guys. Kind of feel like they both should be more towards the back half of the second round. I think would feel a little bit cozier for me. Uh, but you know, like whatever. I like AJ Brown. I'm, I'm I'm perfectly okay taking him, but I want to change it up here, and I'll reach for these guys who. Probably this is the apex of their price tags. Like, I think um, some question marks for them, honestly. For Nico, I would say a question mark of uh, him, again, potentially really do believe the Texans should bring in another outside receiver who can earn targets away from him. And also having Tank Dell back in, like Nico's uh, Nico's biggest games. I know our guy Tyler here is uh, very much a big fan of Nico. A lot of people out there are. 
And I think with him, the one thing that really stood out was that how much better he was when Tank Dell wasn't on the field. Tank Dell does command targets. Tank Dell also has a pretty special connection with CJ Stroud. He did, uh, they, he wanted to be drafted by CJ Stroud. He got the help uh, to get on the Texans with CJ Stroud. So I think for Tank Dell, you know, him being on the field does materially change it. The hope would be, though, that the Texans are just a wide open offense next year and they're throwing for, you know, 350 yards a game or something like that. Obviously, that would be the highest end of the spectrum. But point being, like having that kind of ceiling regularly, and then maybe both guys can get there. But if you bring in somebody who is like a noteworthy outside receiver, like let's say they get Odunze, I think Odunze have questions about the athleticism, but if he goes there, he would be a pretty big lever against the Nico Collins. If Harrison, I don't think they can work that out, but I think Odunze could be there. Troy Franklin, another guy, a length a lot to the Bills, apparently the most drafted guy uh, in the PFF mock drafts is Troy Franklin going to the Bills. People want him to be the Gabe Davis replacement, but he can go to Houston and he would be a a burner who would take the top off of defenses in a way that I don't think Nico can. Um, so I do think Nico's at price step like his ceiling right now, but if it goes the other way, like he's in a great spot. That's so all cast. They compared Kyron to Kenyon Drake asked this year in drafts. Now he's fallen to mid second. Don't think that's right. Um, yeah, look, I think that's fair. Um, I think it's just, you know, the question marks about these guys can either drive you upward and saying like, Hey, this guy's undervalued or the question marks can drive you downward. And I think for Kyron, you know, my question is that, does he really keep the exact same role year to year? I'm not hundred percent confident in that. I think he had a McCaffrey role last year, but I think they could be better if they had a real true pass catcher in that backfield. And Kyron, I don't think showed enough of that. Like he was a minus EPA receiver, was a positive EPA rusher, which is hard to do with his volume. So I think he really showed that he deserves to be the lead back rushing wise. But in the past game, I mean, you trust him in pass protection. I guess that's a positive. Um, the one thing with Kyron too, you know, like I don't track the the negative stats quite as much. I just think that they're a little bit noisy and kind of drive you off guys. Like drop catch rate, I, I don't worry about too much. But fumbles were there pretty heavily for Kyron. They kept going back to him, kept trusting him and all that. Uh, but I do think that's something that if that were to pop up again and the Rams were really in a high leverage spot, do they trust him the same way if that keeps occurring? I, I think that's a question mark too. Rams need more depth. The Kyron's role is secure. Any fall would be overblown. Look, I, I like him a lot more. Like, I think that he, you can make the case for him to be priced. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, more draft capital, a little more pedigree going his way. But I would think that he and Jameer Gibbs should be closer. But I think that like, they should be going around here. I think they should be going in the front half of the second round. Um, I'm pretty comfortable taking Kyron front half of the second round. feel like it's a little bit of an overpay to be taking Kyron in the front and the, the first round entirely. Just because I do have some question marks about him uh, keeping that exact role. And then the goal line part too, like if he's not the pass catching back and they do have, you know, elite pass catcher who comes in or just somebody who's got some juice in the pass game. Like if you have a Marshawn Lloyd in there, I like just talk it off you know, top of my head. Um, like that guy is going to add a lot of value near the goal line too in those pass game kind of sets. So uh, I think that for them, you know, or for Kyron rather, there's a lot of ways that he can fail. And I think for them, there's a lot of ways they could go if they just bring in somebody who's a different player than Kyron. And they'll, and they'll get it, those guys creatively too. They'll use them creatively because that's what the Rams do. GM Squirt Squad, indeed. Yes, GMs, all you guys, if you're new around here, uh, welcome to the crew here. Of course, the Squirt Squad, the nominal name, or the, the nominal name, I think that's redundant, but <laughs> the nominal name here that's the, they've given themselves, uh, but all the fine folks in our community, the Squirt Squad, it's it. I guess, you know, there's not a lot of channels out there with a, a jizzy emoji. It's actually, I have to point this way. Here we go. Always fun to try to figure out where I have the point on screen. Travis Kelsey goes in the third round against speculated yesterday. I mean, the last really all this week that Travis Kelsey was going to come up. I think we're starting to see that a little bit. Uh, we have Nico. We have DJ Moore. Jalen Hurts is here, but we wouldn't really. Well, 
We could take Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. I feel like getting a lot of Jalen Hurts. I think I'm okay running back Mike Evans for one more year. I think this seems fun to me. Uh, probably the most likely case is he goes back to Tampa Bay. Slight chance that he goes somewhere else and ends up slightly upgraded. Um, you know, how likely that is, I don't know. Uh, I do like Cooper Cup here. Drake London, I think a little bit undervalued for what his role is going to end up being in a new offense. Devontae Smith, I'm okay with, but we didn't take Hurts. It kind of feels a little bit foolish to do him. Could take Rashad White for a theoretical Tampa Bay correlation, though some risk. I'm going to go Drake London here. I'm a little surprised I'm going Drake London. Kind of felt like Cooper Cup was a more natural click. Uh, for Drake London, man, I just think there's a really big upside for him to just be in an offense. It's going to, Hey, you know, we're going to talk about that Rams pedigree where they fed wide receivers pretty aggressively, uh, both Cooper cup and Puka Nakua, both guys who had, you know, 10 or more targets more than enough times last year. So if Drake London just by himself is getting 10 targets, let alone if they don't have, you know, a Puka in that offense, if let's say Kyle Pitts, they get rid of, it doesn't seem, uh, I don't think that's the most likely thing, but it's a chance that could happen. Um, like what, where the targets go, I don't think it's going 10 to Mac Collins. I don't think it's 10 going to, unless they draft somebody, but they have to draft a QB probably. Um, so I think Drake London's got a lot of different outs here that are going to be good. I, I like Drake London a lot. Evan's price is so insane to me. I think it's the uncertainty of free agency. I feel like he's kind of appropriately priced. Don't think that he should be behind Keenan Allen. I'd probably, I'd probably bump Evans above these guys. Um, DK Metcalf, one thing we've talked about on stream that I saw uh, Hayden Winks tweeting about, he was looking at the college pass rates over expectation, or I think it was pass rate combined with depth of targets. And uh, Seattle's offensive coordinator, the guy coming over from University of Washington, Ryan Grubbs, is going to be a guy that really does, or did in college, uh, force the ball downfield pretty aggressively, uh, force the ball at a high rate. Uh, so it doesn't really go hand in hand with what you would think, or at least what I would have thought with Mike McDonald, the new head coach there for Seattle. Uh, pointing this out, because I think DK Metcalf at 31, I think once people start to pick that up a little bit, I think DK is going to start to come up. And then DK has two outs as well, where he could be in this more downfield aggressive offense that would play right into what DK Metcalf is best at. But also if Tyler Lockett does go and maybe they just go more two wide receiver sets, he's then just only competing with, you know, if I guess if they were to resign Noah Fant or whatever they have a tight end and then him and JSN are really the two targets that are getting all the work. Um, and an offense, it's like aggressive downfield, like, like uh, Washington's offense was in college. Uh, DK Metcalf would be the Romo Dunze there, but he's much better than Romo Dunze. No, no disrespect to the Odunze fans. Uh, so that'd be huge. I think Metcalf should be back to, I think he should be in this Olave range. Going to be a good OC for JSN. I mean, I think he's going to be a better OC for Metcalf, assuming that again, uh, you know, Penix, the QB deep throw stuff, sometimes hard to separate out because QBs have a personal tendency to throw deep or not throw deep. And an offense is also scheme guys, you know, the QBs to force the ball deep or not. And it kind of seemed like Penix plus um, that offense last year was a, a perfect combo of both where they were really forcing the ball downfield a lot collectively. Um, so I would hope that that would be the case here for uh, Gino, whoever they have a QB. Uh, yeah. Seattle can move on from Gino too. Seattle's still one of those teams as well. Uh, live to be in the hunt for a rookie. And you know, maybe that's a JJ McCarthy spot. I don't know. I haven't talked about them yet. What's my ideal draft strategy? Try to grab four or five wide receivers in the first six rounds and then grab rookies at the end. Since they're still underpriced, I feel like rookies, for the most part, the pricing has kind of been um, it's where it's supposed to be. For the like at least the late guys, like Marshawn Lloyd now goes in the 150s. Uh, Estime is now safely in the 150s, 140s. Um, a lot of the guys that I think are worth that late draft capital are gone. 
Um, one guy I do want to, I'll t- answer Jeff's question in a second, a little more thoroughly, but one guy I do think I need to start changing my stance around a little bit on just because apparently he did clock in the four threes, Roman Wilson, um, again, linked to the Texans very lightly. If he goes to the Texans, he's probably their wide receiver three who rotates in, which would be okay. would give him some spike weeks and probably make his ADP a little bit undervalued. But if he goes somewhere where like, if he goes to the chiefs and he's new, Justin Watson, um, as like a second or third rounder. I think he might be in play a little bit more than I've sold him on. So that's one that I have to adjust my priors on because uh, Roman Wilson was pretty good. It was just small sample size because Michigan did not allow JJ McCarthy to throw a lot, did not drop back a ton. Uh, so we were, I was actually talking with our guy, Adam in the chat. Um, I think it was like 23.5 dropbacks a game for JJ McCarthy. I'll look that up right now. Um, yeah, 23.5 dropbacks a game, 22 pass attempts per game for JJ McCarthy, just not a high drop back rate guy, but obviously he's not drop, dropping back a lot. So Wilson's not getting enough routes. So I maybe need to reevaluate Roman Wilson. It's hard to be that fast. And then, you know, I've already flashed a little bit impressed people at the senior bowl. We'll see. Um, so, so for Jeff's point though, I really like going zero RB if I can. Um, but I think in particular, like you said, Four wide receivers, five wide receivers in the first six or seven rounds, I think is the main thing for me. I really feel thin at wide receiver if I'm getting two deviations in the first five rounds now. Um, that wasn't the case last year, even though I did go more you know, extreme zero RB stuff on stream and in general with my entire portfolio. But yeah, to me, it's like zero RB with maybe one deviation if you have to. So like a hero RB, but you know, QB tight end are fine too. Um, all right, so we have... Nothing really too crazy on a correlation front here. We got Nico. CJ Stroud went, unfortunately, before us, so we can't get him. Again, JSN, if we're making that bet that I just talked about, would be a nice pick to have here. Really just wish we could lock up some kind of correlation, but... All right, JSN's going to be it for me. Um, We have one more pick here. Again, no obvious correlations that I think we are dying to get. Nobody I really want to jump up for. Seems like a good spot to get a first running back. Josh Jacobs was not as good last year as the previous year. We've talked about that, but I do think he still ends up at Belkow. Kamara, some questions. Saints could cut him. Probably the best landing spots, Derrick Henry, I think, in free agency. Uh, but he's so old. I am going to take Josh Jacobs. I might be a little too into Josh Jacobs, which I don't like very much. Clicking Aaron Jones this range, I get it. I just, man, he really keeps getting banged up every year in a way that makes me worry, given that he's now, I think, going to be 31 or 32. Um, so that's not, it's not great. There was some chart I saw on social media about guys' production at running back where like, oh, he's actually, he's only 29. I really thought he was in his 30s. So I have to take the L on that. Uh, turned 29 December 2nd, so it'll be 30 this year. Still getting older, but um, but yeah, apparently guys like there's a big cliff at age 28. And then if you guys stay at running back and keep getting reps at 28, 29, 30, they tend to be a little more flat uh, than you would think. So uh, he hasn't fallen off yet. So I guess that's a good cosign for Aaron Jones. Um, but I don't know. Kind of think Josh Jacobs gets a better spot no matter what. Like Jacobs to me could go back to the Raiders. think that's still the most likely outcome. Uh, could go to Minnesota. I think Minnesota is very live to get a running back at free agency who's going to be a little bit undervalued and have that bell cow ability. Um, where else could he go? Chiefs probably out of the running back game. I think they've committed enough to Pacheco to uh, now be locked in there. Chargers got definitely live for somebody. Uh, I know people want to link Blake Corum there, but I think a running back with how many like proven NFL running backs there are available in free agency this year. 
I would guess they probably go that way. But you know, Jacobs has got some question marks. Nick Chubb, I have to point out too, a lot of social media fud on Nick Chubb. And there really are big question marks about him. Like number one, is he going to renegotiate his contract? He's probably going to get cut or he has to renegotiate. I think he's more likely to renegotiate, but can he get back and enough to pay off this ADP in enough time? And then can he get back to full speed as an older running back as well? Uh, big question marks for Nick Chubb. I would say out of all the guys in this round, I think he's got the most negative question marks where like for Derrick Henry, the question is like, Hey, where's he going to go? Like what's going to happen? Josh Jacobs, where's he going to go? Is it going to be a better situation or is he just going to be back in Vegas getting, you know, fed pretty well in game scripts where that works out uh, for Nick Chubb. The question is like, when's he going to play? Is he going to still be Nick Chubb? If even if he is Nick Chubb, are they better off just giving him 10 touches a game? Cause Jerome Ford can do some stuff and maybe somebody else there, probably not Kareem Hunt. I would think they don't bring him back again, but maybe. Um, so like, do those guys then take touches away from Nick Chubb to try to keep him so he maybe can get back to full health for the playoffs? Um, I would say that he's probably got the most question marks here. Ramondre too, new coaching staff. Um, can he be better than he was last year is a big question. But I think the Chubb part, it just seems like he's being overdrafted. And to me, I think he's more comfortable in the 90s. Um, he's not going to get back that quickly. Yeah, multi-ligament recovery, hard pass at ADP. I know Tyler does worry about the injury stuff pretty heavily in terms of these guys' effects. And there's, you know, uh, like a, a lot of injury concerns. I think I tend to steer into injury concerns a little bit more just because I think there's a value sometimes because of people's fear. I can tell you last year it didn't work. Like Cooper Cup had the discount late. Jerry Judy had the discount late for the injuries. Uh, Christian Watson didn't have a discount, should have had one, but he ended up being out for the first four months of the year. Uh, so I inadvertently bought a discount on him. Um, but point being like, I think that those guys did not pan out last year. I don't think that's the case every year. Uh, but you know, there are a few guys like Chubb, uh, JK Dobbins, who I still like, but he has to do something pretty historical in overcoming an Achilles injury probably should be a little more reluctant on those guys, at least till they get to a price point where it's like Nick Cub, if Nick Chubb gives you four good weeks at the end of a year. He's going at 125. You can take him there. If he's going like where Dalvin cook was going last year. Yeah. I would have no issue taking him. 60s, it's tough. In this range, like I think all these guys have better runouts than Chubb, unfortunately, which sucks. I like Chubb. Aaron Jones never carried a full workload, and it's always a nice draft. Somebody can drop 30. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I look, I think Aaron Jones, I wouldn't expect them to give him a full workload next year, uh, which I think is probably a risk point. Uh, Brock Bowers goes, just can't get Brock Bowers at uh aligned with where I want to take him. Um, but yeah, so I would say for Aaron Jones, like it did feel like they wanted AJ Dillon to take reps away, and even then they had Wilson and uh, and Taylor working in enough through courses, uh, portions of last season that I would think for Aaron Jones, they know that they don't want to bury him in touches, but I think he could still give you 15 to 18 efficient touches. Uh, and he's, you know, he was worlds better than AJ Dillon in every facet last year. And AJ Dillon, man, I just think he, he's still too cheap. Like in terms of just being a free agent who could luck box a, a landing spot just as a power back. But he was such an albatross last year to that team. He was awful. Like Aaron Jones actually added some value. All right, coming up here, two picks again on the turn. I'll give the team a reading as well. Actually, I'll give the team a reading now. We've got Josh Jacobs, Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Drake London, JSN. I do like that room. I think did a nice job here. Um, I think there's some an interesting play that we could make here. So Justin Fields, maybe a shot that he goes back to Chicago. I still think that is in play, um, potentially. It's not the highest probability, but it's in play, potentially. But he could also go to Atlanta, which would be okay for this one. Or he could go to Vegas, and I think we would have an out there too. So I think Justin Fields is going to be one of the picks. 
Uh, Tony Pollard, some social media buzz around him this week because of the fact that he said he basically wasn't healthy last year. Also had some uh, tough time adjusting to being a higher touch, a higher volume back. And things that people don't appreciate how big of a, a jump that can be. So I think he's somebody as a second running back off the board that could make sense. Uh, nobody else here at QB, I think, is leaping out to me. Tight end is okay. I'm going to go Tony Pollard. I'm going to give him a shot. 85, he's going normally at 78. Not a value hound or anything, but I think that pick works. So Justin Fields, again, if he goes back to Chicago, we got him and DJ Moore. If he goes to Atlanta, we got him and Drake London. If he goes uh, to Houston, <laughs> we got him and Nico Collins. Uh, <laughs> we got Justin Fields. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard. Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Drake London, JSN. I really like this wide receiver room. I do think that I'm paying a real premium for Nico. These guys all have pretty big upside, all pretty reliable floors. Um, definitely some, some better and best ball stuff. But if Mike Evans is back in the same situation in Tampa Bay, or he does upgrade a situation, I think he's, I think he's live to give us one more good year. So I like this a lot. The ladies, you guys talk about underdog being down for a little bit. Yes. Yes. Thankfully came up right in time for the stream, which I think is one of the first good signs here that underdog really values and appreciates the show. They were like, we got to get, got to get the hamster wheels running faster here. Cause that guy's going to do a stream in a few minutes. We got to make sure spags has his content ready to go. And we do have, oh, fucking Troy Franklin at 86. God, I just cannot get Troy Franklin. I, no matter what I do, I cannot get my, my sweet boy, Troy. But I, I said that he should be closer to Odunze. So would prefer that comes from Odunze dropping a little, but Troy Franklin on the way up. Um, quickly, now that I'm dejected from losing Troy Franklin, uh, guys, please subscribe down below. Please hit that like button. Oh, can I just switch back and forth? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> subscribe down below, hit the like button, leave a comment. Splash play trying to grow every day on that March to 4K subs, to 5K subs, to 10K subs, and also to a million K subs. And we can't do it without you being a part of it. So please uh, join us down below here. Hit that like button. And of course, if you actually want to support the channel, uh, some great ways to do that, including underdog promo code SPLASH, uh, stochastic promo code SPLASH as well, get all of their data. NBA, uh, another $4 entry fee. So your old pal Spags is maxing it out tonight. And I'll be using stochastic data for that and their Sims tool. Uh, so get it for yourself. Uh, promo code SPLASH, 15% off. Or check the link in the description. And of course, probably my baby, uh, probably.com slash subscribe with promo code SPLASH. will get you 50% off any monthly or yearly package. That means getting all of our data for 100 bucks for a year or 10 bucks for a month. You can also get a seven-day free trial on the App Store. And if you leave us five stars and a review on probably on the App Store, you can enter to win a guest hosting spot on Splash Play. And I will drop that in the pinned comments as well. Woo, too many things to promote, guys. <laughs> You'd really think that I'm like successful based <laughs> on all the things that I promote. The pick was throbbing. It was to celebrate Valentine's Day. Just a throbbing pick. Fields is undervalued based on his rushing upside. I like Fields as long as he doesn't end up in Pittsburgh, which I don't think he will. I think Pittsburgh and Tannehill are looking very destined, which is a pathetic state of events. Uh, but yeah, I think that for me, Fields, I feel really good about him. think he's a little bit cheap. But I think, again, he's just getting better year to year. Yeah, Was he great last year? Uh, no, but he was also injured enough that I think that kind of hurt the trajectory, even though he did actually move upwardly and have some nice spike week games on the home stretch. So I think for Fields, you know, chance at a new offense too, I think is a great thing, even though it's unfortunately another new offense firm that's going to have to learn. Um, but I think Fields has some outs. So I, I'm happy to get Fields at 84. I'm happy to get, honestly, like, at QB this year, obviously there's going to be questions. This is the whole theme of this video is about the question marks and whatever. Um, 
I feel confident taking a lot of different QBs. I really think this is a year for nice flat QB exposures, trying to get different here, trying to also really think about the guys that like don't have a high likelihood of ever giving you 20 points. You know, the, the, the Kenny Pickett's of the world, you know, really trying to avoid those guys a little bit more, but there are just so many good QBs, in so many spots. I mean, look at the screen right now. You have Burrow, you have Dak, you have Love, you have Fields, you have Herbert, you have Murray, you have Purdy, you have Caleb Williams. I uh, would have liked to have gotten him at, at 108. Unfortunately, we'll not get him to make the, the Chicago double out I was trying to go for. Um, but, you know, like I really think that there are a lot of great QBs here. And then I think that makes me think a little bit less of guys like Tua that we know is not going to run, that we do have some questions about, is he going to get the new contract or is Miami going to lame duck him? I don't know. I, I think that there are some legitimate concerns about some of that stuff. All right. So weird spot in the board that I don't love. I think now at this point we have to play that field somehow comes back to Chicago. Um, Hawkinson again, I, I like Hawkinson a lot more than Cole Komet as a player, but Hawkinson's going to be out for a large portion of next year with that ACL recovery. So not for me. Uh, some really bad social media stats about Keon Coleman. I saw a uh, 44% contested catch rate in the slot, which is not good. You should be more open in the slot. And uh, like tank Dells was 7%. So Keon, a guy that we don't like anyway, have uh, did not stand out in the EPA metric. So just another reason to be down on him. Uh, man, do not love this spot. I would be okay with Deontay Johnson, but I don't really think the bet makes sense for me. I'm going to take Chase Brown, get one more running back in. As I mentioned before, I do think that Chase Brown will be a guy where um, he could potentially soar up if Joe Mixon just gets cut um, at some point coming up the next few weeks and then they don't draft another running back. Chase Brown is going to soar up to the 60s, the 70s. Um, he showed a lot of juice last year. Do you think he'll be exposed if he ended up being a 20 touchback? That's just not, uh, he wasn't good at Illinois. Granted, it was Illinois, but he wasn't good at Illinois as a 28 touchback or 28 touch per game back. Uh, so for Chase Brown though, uh, 109, like I think you're buying him now in the hope that he can go up a good 40 spots. Arthur Smith will make fields in that run game elite. I mean, maybe he didn't use like Desmond Ritter that creatively in the run game. So that's, that wasn't one for me. Jane Daniels time coming. You know, honestly, I probably should have gone for Jane Daniels and reached a little bit for him. I uh, do like him here, but honestly, I haven't gotten any of my guys today. So I kind of feel like I take Jaden a lot and I am comfortable taking Jaden a lot, but um, I think there's some other players that maybe we can get later on uh, who will work okay for this team as well. So that's my logic right now. Based on the, uh, the players I have at receiver, I think I can get other QBs late. So probably not a Jaden team for me, even though I never have an issue taking Jaden Daniels. Oh, Desmond Mitter, that's hurtful. There's a shot that he ends up starting one more year. I don't think it's likely, but there's a shot. Uh, so gave your daily promo. I can give my daily lad promo. <laughs> you're you're allowed to like who you like, and Adam is the staunchest defender of the of the lad McConkey wall. Lad, though, another guy uh, did have a much better, uh, much lower contested catch rate out of the slot than Keon Coleman. I think he was at a thirteen percent or something. So. A uh, lad, at least, you know, able to get open out of the slot. And Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman, the one thing that he's got going for him, I've said this a few times about him, he's young and he's got a big body. And uh, besides that, he hasn't shown much in the, any of the metrics here. Uh, for, to kind of close the loop on Keon Coleman, because I do like supporting the stuff with data when we can. Uh, just a .003 EPA per target, which is really bad. Um, let's see, 12 intended air yards per attempt, which is not bad. 27% target per hour rate, which is not bad. But then out wide, uh, which is where you should have a little higher EPA because of the fact that uh, outside receivers, boundary receivers are getting targeted downfield more. Uh, 0.015 EPA out wide. 
a negative point of six EPA throws under 10 air yards. So if he's getting the ball, you know, next to the line of scrimmage, he can't do much with it. Uh, downfield. He was also really bad uh, getting two deep targets a game. He did earn targets, but a 0.09 EPA there for comparison, Malik neighbors, a 1.6 EPA. So you're talking, I, I can't even do the math on that exponentially less uh, Marvin Harris at a 1.6 EPA rounded up. Uh, so like Keon Coleman, the Mingo of the class, I would say easy Mingo of the class to me. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's a lad promo. Again, if uh, if Adam's right, then we'll find out. But I, I have not seen anything to support that. The Roman Wilson thing threw me for a loop, though, because Roman Wilson, I don't like looking at him. Actually, you know, let me... I'm not going to pull it up on screen. I'm just going to look for myself. Yeah, Roman Wilson, I could see being that fast. Didn't didn't I felt like he looked... I didn't like his size at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> but but again, the combine will tell us enough on that. And we've seen enough small guys at receiver. I probably need to also be a little bit less biased against like the small guys at receiver because... Like, I like Tank Dell. I didn't like Zay as much, though I think Zay was more because uh, he didn't really stand out against Boston College competition. That worried me. Um, but I think for a guy like Roman Wilson, he does kind of Tank Delly stuff. So hopefully he lands in a good spot for himself. All right, so we got a bunch of running backs here. Big run on running backs. Kind of glad I grabbed Chase Brown when I did. Obviously not getting Jaden Daniels is not my ideal, but... Uh, I think that getting Chase Brown when we are going to have so many less running backs coming back to me, um, I think makes sense. Shout out to our guy, Robert Griffin Turd, one of our, our members here. Of course, glad to see any of you fine folks here with a badge next to your name. Great way to support the channel as well. Hit that join button now below, $4.99 a month. And at some point here, uh, there's going to be a day where I just do a surprise members only stream. So uh, with the new member count rising up here, uh, something to keep an eye on here, but some other fun stuff coming up, I think that we need to, need to actually plan and put out to you guys. I think a members-only draft is going to be the first thing we do. But I don't know how to facilitate that. Because I don't know that we want to do a members-only draft where it's just like for a private room. I feel like that's less fun. Maybe you guys feel differently, though. Let me know. Let me know in the comments or via via Discord. Ooh, 420. Blaze up indeed. That's all I'm looking for. Appreciate that super chat. Our guy Robert Griffin the Turd was doing work yesterday. Couldn't watch the stream, which, you know... You got to find your priorities. <laughs> I think it's the main thing here. Got to put them in order. I'm getting so many texts. I'm getting blown up because I think one of my friends who also has a similarly aged child born two months before uh, my son, Luca, uh, his daughter's got COVID now after he and his his partner had COVID as well. So it's a tough scene. COVID's still around, guys, and doesn't feel great. Though not, I think it's still not as bad as it was before, it sounds like, at least for them. All right, we're on the clock here. One, three, five, one. We've got stupid Blake Corum here who could fit on the seam, to be honest. Um, we could make the bet on Houston without CJ Stroud, take Dalton Schultz, could, could take Lad McConkey and hate myself. Ty Chandler, mm, not, a, not a great spot for running backs. I'm going to make the bet on Dalton Schultz. He could end up not on Houston. Uh, he is a free agent, I believe. Uh, so for Dalton Schultz, but I think with where the draft capital is a tight end, taking Cole Komet, I think those two make sense. Gabe Davis reports out there that he might be a bit of a hot commodity in free agency because of what he plays as a downfield receiver. Um, so he might have an improved landing spot. Could be a good wide receiver six here. Jerry Judy just really bummed me out how much he cost me money in that DK Millie maker last year <laughs> in the finals. I'm taking Gabe Davis. I'm taking Gabe Davis. 
think that this just fits the theme of what we have. A lot of spike week guys, even though I do think obviously a lot more floor for Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Drake London, uh, than Gabe Davis, JSN as well. But taking Gabe here. Team so far uh, through 12 rounds, Justin Fields, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Chase Brown, Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Drake London, Jackson, Smith and Jigba, uh, Gabe Davis, Cole Komet, and Dalton Schultz. Take Corm for the chaos. I'll take Corm at pick 150. Uh, is, do we need to go another Blake Corm soapboxing today? I think we've done enough damage for the week. We'll see how Friday hits. <laughs> see how Friday hits for me. Wanted to go on a tirade about Blake Corm again. Curious to see where Dalton Schultz would go. I feel like if he didn't go back to Houston, maybe he's a Tanner Hudson upgrade in Cincinnati. Maybe that kind of works for him. Because if not, like I feel like he's going to end up in like two tight end range where he's, I don't know. But I'm going to, obviously, if you're making a bet in a draft, you're making a bet in the positive outcome. So it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But question marks for Dalton Schultz for sure. Um, Jonathan Brooks, I still feel like, again, I just have to point him out. The question mark for him is the same thing. We talked about the Nick Chubb stuff, the ACL injuries. Jonathan Brooks a lot younger, obviously. So a different outlook you would have for the recovery. But Jonathan Brooks, you know, had the surgery, I believe, in November. Um, so like he can get in towards the earlier part of the season, but then he's getting in and having to earn a role. So you kind of need a team to really show the draft capital buy in on him, uh, to make sense of that. Uh, so I think for Jonathan Brooks, for me, that's one thing that I feel like he's a little bit over overpriced for. Um, I'd rather have Kendra Miller. I'd rather have Trey Benson. I think I'd rather absorb the risk on Ty Chandler. would rather have Ford. I'd rather have all the guys ahead of Brooks as well. So weary of the 120 range of running backs like last year. I like this range a lot. Uh, these guys all, Singletary uh, can benefit from, again, going back to Houston where he was the lead back, earned that role. Uh, could also get signed in free agency, go somewhere else. Jerome Ford, uh, Nick Chubb very likely could get cut. If not, he's not going to be full go. To start the year so Ford could really be a lead back and earn himself a role. And he had a lot of spike week upside last year. Charbonnet, new coaching staff, they could fall in love with him and merely fall out of love with Kenneth Walker. We'll see if that happens, but it is a chance. Samir White could earn the role in Vegas. I feel the least good about him out of this group. Uh, Brooks, the ACL thing, don't love that. Trey Benson, think a little bit overvalued because people really kind of keep for FSCU guys. Uh, Chuba Hubbard has positive upside outcomes, I think, but he has the new coaching staff thing. So you have to wonder, like, is he going to be there Rashad White or is he going to be, I don't know, something else? I was really hoping that Baker Mayfield is going to come back to me. Uh, this guy took him with Chris Godwin, though. So King of Kings, fully entitled to take Baker Mayfield. But that is a bummer because I thought that that would have been a logical addition for me. But nevertheless, we persevere. And perhaps we will snipe. No, we can't Can't take Kate Otten, too. I was like, perhaps we'll snipe Kate Otten for him uh, from that guy for fun. But we will not do that either. Agree to disagree on Brooks. He's my most drafted running back. All right, man. I look, I think he's very talented. It's just that uh, he's, he's coming off an ACL injury, like a very serious ACL injury. Uh, so, you know, but he's young enough to recover. I just don't know that. I don't think he hits the stride in the timing that you need him to. Even if he's good, it's like, I don't think the breakout happens at that run. Blake Corum, the Blake Corum FUD's working. He's down to 152. So, uh, so all you Blake Corum lovers out there, good news. I'm making him cheaper for you, but loving to see him go uh, this late. Khalil Herbert goes. I know somebody coming up who we'd love to get, but process I'm sure is going to fuck me because this is how it goes in these drafts with anybody I want to get. 
Okay, we got him. Estime Hive, stand up. I'll drink Estime Hive. Do I have any gift to celebrate this? Let me see if I have a good gift. Uh, well, this is this. There we go. Here's the gift. Our guy Ross is in chat. <laughs> this is what we do when we get Audric Estime, baby. Add him in. RB4, Audric Estime. All right, we've got Deshaun Watson. Uh, do need a QB2, but he wouldn't correlate with anything, so probably not the guy for me. Uh, Braylon Allen, another okay rookie to take, big bodied guy. Keaton Mitchell, don't want to really come up for him. Not going to reach Regino Smith, given my concerns about him being starting QB uh, for Seattle. I am going to go Braylon Allen here. Just think Braylon Allen ends up lucking into a good spot because of his size. Talent for him. Let me look at Braylon Allen's stats again, just to refresh myself. Is there something I'm missing with Braylon Allen? Braylon Allen, 0.05 EPA per rush. So we are talking less efficient than Blake Corum. Did miss tackles at a higher rate than Blake Corum. <laughs> the Blake Corum reference here, the Mendoza line that is Blake Corum. Uh, 18% avoided tackle rate. We talked about this yesterday compared to 10% for Blake Corum. Uh, 3.4 yards after contact compared to 2.4 for Blake Corum. So Braylon Allen's got some positives. Earned 19 touches a game. Um, as a receiver, he was a minus EPA receiver, negative 0.09. Uh, Blake Horam, to his credit, only ran seven routes a game with 1.2 targets a game, but 0.22 EPA per target for him. Um, Blake Horam also better against eight-man boxes. Uh, faced eight-man boxes seven times a game, 0.1 EPA compared to a negative uh, 0.05 for Braylon Allen. You know what? Gotta admit it. Blake Horam's a better player than Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen's going to get a shot at the NFL because of his size. In terms of at least how they performed, Blake Corum is substantially better in pretty much everything besides avoid a tackle rate, which is going to be a problem in the NFL. Uh, but he is a better player than Braylon Allen. He's not better than Audrey Gestime, but he is better than Braylon Allen, I think. Last year, how did your metrics grade out tanked Allen Puka Nakua? Uh, Puka, I liked a lot, but the issue with him is that he didn't run a lot of routes per game. So that's something I talked about. I think I talked about that actually in the rookie wide receiver video that I want to try to be mindful of that with guys where um, just them being on the field, you know, sometimes weird things happen. And for Puka's college staff, there's enough people that have pointed out now, but like basically he got kind of jerked around a lot. He's crazy efficient, earned targets at like a 40% per route run rate. So again, that's why that stat matters a lot. Uh, so for him, I was pretty high on him relative to that. Tank, I was a little bit less in on, but I don't actually remember his numbers offhand. Tank, I liked more than Zay, I think, at cost. Uh, let me look at his 2023 numbers. Uh, he would be under Nathaniel Dell. You know what? Actually, no, I did like Tank. I, I was concerned about the quality of competition, but yeah, 0.43 EPA, 16% touchdown rate, positive EPAs everywhere around the field. Also could move out wide. I didn't think he'd be able to move out wide as much as he did this year, but he did move out wide at a good 0.43 EPA per target uh, compared to 0.44 out of the slot. So no, no unbalance there. When you see a guy that like gets some targets out wide, but has a really low EPA, but then has a really high EPA in the slot that kind of tells you he's a slot guy, even if he doesn't know it yet. Um, so yeah, tank Dell would have graded out really well besides the lack of competition that he had uh, playing at Houston, I believe. Um, but that's something too. I think I need to downgrade a little bit. Um, in my own process where I really, I still think, you know, if you do what, uh, what Malik neighbors does at LSU, you do what Jane Daniels does at LSU, you do what somebody does at Bama. Like, I think that holds the most weight, but guys now I think can come in where if you are, you know, grading out well, if you are really good, um, in a lot of the advanced analytics departments, I think that is where you are able to add value in the NFL, where there is more space to operate, more ability for small guys to create production. Um, 
So as long as they're positive athletes like Tank Dell was, I think that's probably the the one thing you have to point out. Like they can't be shitty athletes, but they can come from a smaller school. And if the you know the athletic testing is there, then that makes sense. EPA's expected points added uh, basically tells you relative to an average play and the same situation, uh, how much a player is adding in terms of the expected points, in terms of like what the drive is supposed to end with. Uh, but basically, like, you know, not every drive ends at a touchdown, but then, you know, you kind of wait it out then where, um, you know, touchdowns are scored X amount of the time on a 30-yard line. So it tells you then what those points are worth. Saying a lot of things that sounds like you would like Lad McConkey Again, RAS scores. That's it. That's all we need to see. Give me the relative athletic scores and then we'll be good. Fuck. So Gino goes. All right. So I think I, I have one backstop I've been thinking about all this time. Why did this guy take Gino? Does he have any Seattle at all? Guy took Gino unstacked. Love to see that. It's fine. I know somebody, there's one of the guys in uh, the comments who always reminds me when I do push QB ADPs a little bit to try to get a discount and how I should just take the guys then. I'm okay losing out on Gino Smith. I'm going to make the play here. He's not Seattle starting QB, uh, but very annoying to see Gino go to a guy without a Seattle player. All right, so... Four running or five running backs, six receivers. Honestly, this is a pretty good deal on free agent Zach Moss at this point. Could land in a good spot. I don't hate it. Then I got to think about what I'm going to do for QB2 here because this is getting all sorts of fucked up. Um, hmm. And definitely could still use another wide receiver. Tez Walker, not really a guy for me. Trey Palmer does correlate with our Tampa Bay bet without the QB. But we're basically just saying that Fields has to outscore Tampa Bay's QB, and I could live with that. I'm taking Trey Palmer here. And I'm going to take a bailout QB late. And if and if that QB gets taken away from me, then I'm just going to end up going with Justin Fields. <laughs> and I'm going to live with that. Uh, what goes into RES? RES is basically it compares how you do in all the various drills at the combine to previous people of the same height or weight or around that range. And then it grades you out relative to that. So like a Luke Musgrave can run a four five and Andy's going to compare against everybody who's, you know, of six, five and two forty, And he's going to grade out really well. Where if you compared him against a guy who's like five eleven, and then, you know, then it wouldn't be the same comp. So that's what it does. Thoughts on Kendall Mitten and Isaiah Davis. Two guys who are not on my radar, which would not, which is, you know, is not necessarily a be-all end-all, but I think that's not something I'd be dying for. But honestly, I don't even know what position these guys are offhand. Like Davis I had, but we didn't have numbers on because um, I definitely took him out of my sheet at one point because he played at a smaller college, right? Um, but yeah, I don't have these guys in my sheet, which is kind of not a great thing. Sometimes I add guys and people ask, but if you got to give me the position, if you want me to add somebody. All right, Bryce Young goes... Okay, the the Kendall Mint, Milton Hive is really thriving now. All right, fucking Kendall, you guys are getting me now. RB. All right, 22-year-old running back from Georgia. Let's see what we have. Who does I see? The issue is like every time I have to take somebody out. Kendall Milton. All right. Uh, so the issue with him is that he didn't get a lot of volume. Uh, 10 rush attempts per game is not really a big enough sample size. A lot of juice though. Uh, 30% avoided tackle rate, uh, 0.27 EPA per rush, which would be the highest out of all the rookies that I do have in my sheet. Uh, he didn't get targets at all or didn't get targets at a high enough rate to qualify there, which is not a great sign. Uh, good against an eight man box though, 0.36 EPA. 
Uh, good in the red zone. 0.45 EPA in the red zone. Seems like a good power back with some burst. It's just lack of volume is a concern there. Like, why didn't he get the touches? I was injured for most of the first half. Yeah, I mean, you need the health stuff to work out then. Guys like that, I mean, look, playing at Georgia, again, the same thing as we talked about. You play in the SEC. That's the highest pedigree you can have playing in college. Um, but that's it's not enough volume to have full confidence in him. But I, I like what I see. But he's not a guy I've seen come up in any of the boards anywhere. So I don't know what I don't know what that means. Like, is he even in the he's in the pool, I presume, because you guys said he's a fun click. Yeah. Like, if you like him that much, draft him in the 20th round reliably. I think that's that's not an issue. I just would question why he's not getting draft capital right now. It doesn't seem too old. He's not Ray Davis aged. When you look at the numbers and all these statistics, how do they usually fare under the context of the competition of their opponents? Um, you kind of have to do that part manually. Like, obviously, uh, a game for... Fuck, J.J. McCarthy goes too? Why? Like, every QB has gone. Why is this the case in this room? Is this because everybody took three QBs? I think we're doing single QB Geno at this point. Um, yeah, you have to kind of do that mentally. But as I was mentioning earlier, like for Tank Dell, that was part of the reason I had some questions about Tank Dell was like, oh, his numbers are really good. He's playing at Houston. Rasheed Rice, same thing. Like he earned really a really high target route run rate at SMU. But like, what does that matter? Um, so sometimes, you know, you kind of do maybe talk yourself out of guys. So I would try to use it to talk yourself into guys more, I guess would be the main thing. I'm going to have to take fucking Russ. Oh, this is awful. Can't believe I fucking couldn't get JJ McCarthy. I guess he's been getting talked up a lot overall. All right. I guess Russ, Russ has to land somewhere and start, right? Like that has to be a thing. I don't know where that's going to be. Maybe he's Atlanta's new QB. I guess that could work out. He could be Atlanta's new QB, honestly. So him and Drake London will live with that. I think it's a three QB build. I just don't think Michael Penix is going to go somewhere good. I think I'm team Bo Nix. Taking Bo Nix to three QB build just to get some bodies in here. All right. So let me, I'll read up the team. QB fucking got away from me. Like I'm very happy with fields. I think fields is the kind of QB that can carry you for a season, but I really thought I was gonna get JJ McCarthy and then I could do the McCarthy to Atlanta kind of a mental gymnastics to get there. It is what it is, though. We'll move on with that. I think the Wilson, Russell Wilson going to Atlanta, I think is probably as likely, if not more so. Uh, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Bo Nix, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Chase Brown, Audrick Estime, Braylon Allen, Zach Moss, Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Drake London, JSN, Gabe Davis, and Trey Palmer at receiver. And then a tight end, Cole Komet and Dalton Schultz. Um, I think with Trey Palmer, I like the price tag. I feel like we need Chris Godwin's wife to get him shipped out of Tampa Bay, <laughs> and then we'll be really good to go. I like this build. I think I still think Bo Nix's most likely destination is going to be Denver. I think he's a perfect match for how Sean Payton and how fucking what's his face, uh, Pete Carmichael coming back over there, like what those guys were on a want, want to run. So I think uh, for Bo Nix, that's his, probably one of his best outcomes for himself. Um, for Russ, I think Atlanta actually probably is his best outcome going there, having a shot. Um, Bo Nix, I guess, could benefit from a QB carousel where somebody unexpected signs Baker Mayfield and Baker opens up Tampa Bay, and that would also look good for this team. 
Um, I guess Russ to Tampa Bay, theoretically, I don't know. Uh, but I think that's most likely outcome with that one is obviously Baker Mayfield goes back to Tampa Bay. But what if somebody gives them a lot of money because they fell for that trap of Dave Canales working his, working his little witchcraft? Cover my bases with ambiguous QB situations. Okay, I accept that. Thank you. And you don't tell our pal Felix that. He does not like Knicks. But yeah, Knicks, the logic for Bo Nix, uh, if you're unfamiliar, I don't because we don't talk about him that much. 88% catchable ball rate, fantastic. 77% on target rate, fantastic. Both tops amongst all the rookies in this class. Uh, 0.4 EPA per target is amazing, especially that Bo Nix only had 6.4 intended air yards per attempt. Uh, does speak to guys really running after the catch, which is not a great thing for QBs. But for Bo Nix, like he ran an offense like a surgeon. And I think that's the positive there. But he had 7.9 yards after catch for his guys. So like he was throwing guys into good spaces to make production. But obviously that's also the offense kind of putting those guys there. The thing that stands out the most with Bo Nix though, under pressure, only a 15% pressure rate. So he wasn't pressured a lot. That's obviously more of an offensive line thing. But he still never took a sack. A 1.4% sack rate, only a 0.09 EPA, or actually uh, not, I'm saying only. A 0.09 EPA under pressure is what he had. So he's the only player in this rookie class that has a positive EPA under pressure. I think he's the only one out of last year's class too uh, to have done that. That's crazy. And then he was also a plus EPA throw at every level. Um, likes short throws more, 72% short throw rate, uh, throws under 10 air yards for a 0.3 EPA. Uh, but he was good downfield. He only threw it 10% of the time. Uh, throws a 20 plus air yards, but 0.7 EPA downfield. So the point for Bo Nix is like, he's, he's like a QB that like a, a timing route based team, a short route, uh, route based team, um, an efficiency, keep the chains moving kind of team is going to like a lot. Um, he's old though. That's the downside is that he's going to be 24, but, uh, Penix is all, also 24 and Penix has a history of knee issues and stuff. And he was just kind of an air yards merchant at Washington. So, um, I think that, Bo Nix is a pretty good play. I, I agree. Fields will start somewhere. I mean, I think for the seam, honestly, you can make the case to me that I could have had Fields as one QB and just rolled with it. Because, like, honestly, I've been now enough years of, like, surviving some of my best teams having one QB that's hurt for the entire year. My AR teams, like, a lot of those that were either in the hunt, like, were, you know, maybe out of the hunt a little bit. But still, like, you know, I didn't make any AR to the playoffs, I guess. <laughs> that's, so that doesn't, not the best example, but. Um, I had ones that were close. They are. So I really feel like you can make it off of one QB. If that's what a room forces you to do, not the goal though, to have a one QB build. All right. We're on the clock here. Do you need some more running backs? I can keep taking the tank Bigsby bet. Honestly, I, I just don't think it's a zero yet. I know our guy Tyler in chat doesn't want to hear the, uh, the Kyron Williams comparison, but, uh, two guys just underperformed in year one. Can they do something in year two? Maybe, but at you know, round 19, we can live with it. Uh, three, seven, seven, two. I think one more receiver would make sense. Slayton would be okay. Michael Thomas is going to go somewhere in free agency, but he is, you know, we know the injury risk there. I'm going to go Slayton for this one. I don't take Slayton a lot. I've been kind of biased towards Alec Pierce. And frankly, I probably can stop doing that. So my final team here, team number 13, officially in the books, team 14 coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. So come join us for that one. Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Bo Nix at QB. Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Chase Brown, Audrick Estime, Braylon Allen, Zach Moss, and Tank Bigsby at running back. Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Drake London, JSN, Gabe Davis, Trey Palmer, and Darius Slayton at wide receiver, and a tight end, Cole Komet, and Dalton Schultz. I like this group. I think the tight end maybe could have added one more here, could have added my precious Ben Sinnott. Um, I think a Brock Bowers of the team would have been nice, though obviously would have probably had a little too much draft capital at tight end. 
But I think this build works like the wide receivers. Think the Trey Palmer bet that God wouldn't get shipped out of town or even that Palmer can replace Mike Evans and Evans goes somewhere else and still does Mike Evans things. I think we have a couple outs there. So I'd like to see me build here. Thank you. Wide receiver room is really nice. I feel like I, I hit this well today. Uh, Nico, still uncomfortable taking him at that. <laughs> he's my first round pick. A little bit uncomfortable, but I think that that made sense and it made this build work and I'm strong about that. Uh, donate to two at well, sounds gross to say. Hard to love a guy that lost opportunity to Marcus Robinson. This is the main thing I would say. Um, what's your max exposure you'd like to give to your favorites? At this point in the big board, I'm not really too slavish about it. Uh, for BBM this year, I would like to cap uh, everybody at 20% because I think I was a little too overexposed to guys like Christian Watson, like AR, where the thesis of the play still hit, but it didn't end up working out well enough uh, for how much exposure I had. So my goal is going to be capping at 20, ideally closer to 16, but um you know you know me i'll probably get a few guys up to 25 but i think 25 like has to be the hard max 20 is going to be the goal max uh there we go all right guys so if you can uh let me go to the big screen so you can see my my lovely face <laughs> subscribe down below hit that like button leave a comment please appreciate all the support here appreciate all the kind words lately from all you fine folks too i know uh, as we get because we are like the only show in town right now doing drafts regularly i fucking lost thumbnail for the guy god damn it fios uh, i know i'm the only show in town right now so appreciate you guys being here but let's keep it going let's keep building the community here great to see new names in the squirt squad daily and folks adding memberships as well uh great to see for me so i appreciate that uh underdog again you know the deal promo code splash on there double your positive 100 bucks you can see the big board's a lot of fun it's gonna get more fun too as it keeps moving around throughout the course of the next few weeks and the barest the the barest minimum of a crumb of information and people drive adps 10 picks in either direction. So it'll be fun here. And we're going to keep doing it. Drafts every day, Monday to Friday at 11 a.m. Stochastic, three-game NBA slate tonight. I'll be using their tools and data uh, for my process as well tonight. Playing that slate starts at 8.30 Eastern time. So easy for me to get going with the kids. So uh, check it out for yourself. Promo code SPLASH or link in the description to save 15% on Stochastic. Probably. <laughs> Sports betting? You love it? You hate it? I don't know. Build your bankroll for best ball, though. That's what I did on DraftKings last year by just playing profitable bets uh, with the early version of probably. Now it's honestly infinitely better than it was then. Um, so you'll win money uh, by taking plus of bets over and over again. Check it out for yourself. Probably.com slash subscribe. Use promo code first. Save yourself 50% as ads for TV shows go on behind my head. Uh, <laughs> please check out probably. And also, if you do leave probably uh, five stars and a review on the app store, you'll be interested to win our first guest hosting spot on Splash Play next month in March. So uh, please do that. I'll leave it in a pinned comments. Go check out probably on the app store. Thank you to all these fine folks. Help us put the show on. The sheet's getting full, guys, but let's let's make it uncomfortable for the reading of names on Friday. But thank you, all these fine people who are part of the Squirt Squad officially. You two can be a part of it by hitting that join button down below. Have I hoard hard enough? That's the question we have to ask. Follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Again, another draft coming up at 11 a.m. So take that one with you. <laughs> we'll see you guys again soon. Enjoy your days and good luck. Bye. 